Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Uh, all right, D. So uh, this is a bonus. So I'll do the bonus introduction, right? All right. So that means you start it. Oh, here we go. This Ben Jarofsky Show Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I speak, it's Friday, August 28th, but Lord knows you can be listening at any time. Let's see what's in the news for today. As I'm about to begin this interview, Trump talks tough. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump uh, culminated the Republican convention last night with his I'm speech. Tough. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a tough guy. Uh, Antioch teen charged with gunning down protesters in Kenosha. Uh, he mur- he killed them. Okay, he killed them. Let's just get that uh, straight. Uh, and then in the back page uh, of the sports section, Brian Urlacher. Uh, makes a complete idiot of himself. That's not the headline. That's my headline if I were writing headlines. Uh, as we do with uh, all uh, bonus guests, I ask my distinguished guests uh, to introduce him or herself. And so, distinguished bonus guest, introduce yourself. My name is Ramana Hussein. I'm an assistant news editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes. That that Ramana Hussein, who's usually on the regular show every Friday, eh, we said, let's do it differently today. Let's have Ramana appear uh, as a weekend guest. Uh, you know, every now and then you have to paint the room a different color, Ramana, just to change life uh, a little bit. So much to talk about. So much to talk about, particularly with the uh, Republican convention having ended uh, yesterday. Uh, so much about the Republican convention is on my mind. It's just driving me insane to a certain degree, Romano, what they're up to. What what did, what was like a major takeaway or theme or anger or inspirational moment, anything like that, that you had from this uh, week's Republican convention? I don't, I don't know if I had any inspirational moments. Um, one of the things that stu- stood out for me was a number of um, – people of color that were touted out during the three-day convention. Um, I know we saw Herschel Walker, Nikki Haley, um, who has criticized Donald Trump in the past. You know, we saw her pop up. um, And then, you know, just talk about, um, you know, how Donald Trump is the president that is, you know, I I know a couple of speakers talked about how Donald Trump, Trump is um, has done a lot for African-Americans. You know, he obviously said that in a speech, too. Um, so I thought the theme, a lot of the theme was um, that stood out for me. Maybe it's because I'm a person of color is that the number of people of color that were crowded out for the um, convention and just a law and order 
type of messages that were um, sent out. Um, and of course, Donald Trump's uh, rambling speech, 70 minute speech or 70 plus minute speech stood out for me. Um, I admit I didn't see day two, so I did miss Melania. But, um, you know, a lot. Uh, I mean, the first day was a lot of shouting. That was something that Donald Trump Jr. and his wife is that his wife or his girlfriend. I don't even know how to pronounce her name. The former Fox, uh, the Fox girlfriend. Uh, yeah, girl, uh, the girlfriend uh, who the former Fox News reporter who was kind of like had this like she was screaming throughout the whole thing. It was it was pretty um, amazing. I know a lot of memes came out of that one. So those are the, some of the things that stuck, stood out for me. Um, you know, Nikki Haley, obviously being a Indian, <laughs> stood out for me, too. And her speech, I which I thought was a little bizarre and puzzling, but. That stood out for me, too, as well, as I mentioned before. All right. Now, let me uh, uh, give you my theory and then get your response to this. Uh, my theory, when they uh, bring out uh, black Americans to testify what a great guy Donald Trump is and how he's not a racist, or when they bring out Nikki Haley uh, to say there's no such thing as racism in America, which is a pretty astounding remark for someone to make. Uh, what they're really doing, in my humble opinion, is trying to assure white people that yeah you know it's okay to vote for donald trump you're not just you you've got a you got herschel walker's permission and nikki haley's permission to vote for donald john trump a white supremacist uh without feeling guilty that's my humble opinion i don't think they think herschel walker is going to uh, encourage black people to vote. I don't uh, for Donald Trump. I, I don't think that Nikki Haley is going to bring many Indian American voters over. I think it's all about assuring white people. Your thoughts on that, Romano? I, I agree with you. I was told uh, we were talking um, last week, or maybe maybe the week before. I think you were, were on break last week about how I was watching Plot Against America on HBO. And it's basically mirrors about what's happening right now. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the characters in the show is a rabbi and his wife, and they vouch for this president who's anti-Semitic. And, you know, they trot him out, basically. And then one of the characters says that it's not he they're not they're not trotting him out for the Jewish people. They're trotting him out for the Gentiles to make them feel better about themselves, about voting for the sky. So I do think you have a point. And, um, you know, and, and that's one of the things that's interesting because a lot of people, you know, who, you know, when people talk about Trump voters, some people do say, you know, they're not racist, but they're overlooking the fact that there is racism, um, that the, he, that Donald Trump is emboldened racist. So I think they, you know, obviously his uh, team has caught on to that and they're like, well, let's trot out all of our quote unquote black friends and, you know, tell them to, you know, let, let the white people know that, hey, it's okay, you know, Donald Trump's not racist, so you can feel okay about voting for Trump. So I think, I think, I think that's, uh, it, it's a fair assumption to see that's what, the, what, what the strategy is. I mean, Obviously, the RNC is going to say that they're not doing that, but um, it is. And then, you know, for Nikki Haley to go out there, she basically, I don't know if you paid you saw her speech, but she basically said there's no racism in America. But then she goes on to talk about how she was discriminated against and how her dad wore a turban because she's sick and her um, mother wore a sari. So she's like, there's no racism in America, but I've been discriminated against. And then she talks about Dillard Roof, which makes no sense, which was a pretty, um, uh, pretty bold hate crime there, you know, uh, murder in a black church. 
by a white teenager. So it, it kind of went all over the place. She's like, no, there's no racism. But then she goes on to cite examples about racism in this country. So I thought that was definitely telling. Um, um, yeah, I do think I do think it's a way for white people, you know, to trot out these people of color. It's a way for um, a lot of white Americans to feel like they're it's OK to vote for Donald Trump. Like it doesn't and, mean you're racist. Uh, yeah, and listening to you talk, Ramada, it it brings home what I find so discouraging and disheartening about the Republican Party, right? On this particular issue, the issue of race and race relations, it's so difficult to have an honest discussion, a, a bipartisan discussion about how we should move forward as a country on this issue, when one party just flat out denies that it's a problem. And it's 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 very similar to their climate, their attitude about climate change. They deny the existence of it or their attitude about the covid. Now that I'm thinking about it, they deny the existence of that. They, they there was no social distancing at Donnie Trump's speech last night. There were people who weren't wearing face masks. But uh, so get to the issue of race relations. It they just <laughs> deny that there's a problem in America. And how in the world can you solve a problem or move to solve a problem if you don't even acknowledge that it exists? Yeah, and, and the, the thing that I thought was interesting, instead of denying during the, con- uh, the, the RNC, they were saying that they're solving these problems. They said that, you know, I heard a couple of references to Donald Trump, you know, taking care of the coronavirus pandemic and that it would have <laughs> been worse if he wasn't in charge and, you know, they were talking about they did talk about a lot of people did talk about racism, but about how Donald Trump, you know, did more for um, civil, the civil rights movement, you know, than any other president. So, you know, it's like they, they kind of addressed the problems, but then they said Donald Trump is kind of taking care of everything. I mean, we know there's been a lot of discussion. One of the things I forgot to mention that stuck out for me for the RNC convention was the fact that they had a naturalization ceremony. Uh, (laughs) You know, they had one, I mean, I'm not going to say who, but, you know, a couple of my friends and I were on a group chat and we we noticed that there was a woman with a sari. You know, I'm Indian, I've worn a sari. And then there was also a woman wearing hijab, which is what uh, the head covering that a scarf that a lot of Muslim women wore. And we're just like, oh, my God, it's like out of the five people, one's wearing a sari, one's wearing a hijab. So it's kind of like, you know, we don't think that people who don't look like us are an American look. We're natural, you know, we're doing this ceremony for all these people. So, you know, it, it it's like they were addressing these issues, but they were saying that Donald Trump is take, has taken care of it and he's made America great again. So it was kind of like they're speaking on both sides of their mouth, because on one hand, you could see hear the dog whistles. Uh, you know, the whole make America great again. But then they're touching upon issues like race and um, immigration and saying like, look, Donald Trump doesn't, he's, he's great. And he cares about every person of color and every creed and every, you know, it's so it just kind of, I just thought it was, um, it was definitely interesting to watch. No, it's the utter hypocrisy in the naturalization uh, ceremony was revolting because you're, you're absolutely correct. Donald Trump, I mean, you could argue which group has he demonized more since he announced his presidency, Um, Mexicans 
or Muslims? It's a, you know, it's a tough debate. We can have that debate as depressing as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just call it a tie with uh, black people right behind them. And to throw out, (laughs) oh my God, at the convention, that hokey ceremony, the people didn't even know it was going to be used. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless, Ramana. The shamelessness of this guy. Go ahead. I know, and I, I don't know. I, I, as I was saying, we're in a group chat, and I'm not going to say who said what, but one of my friends, I don't know if it was me or someone, but we're like, you know, they probably told a woman in the sari, hey, wear that toga thing. And somebody, <laughs> and somebody else somebody else in my chat group said, uh, yeah, and they probably told a woman with hijab, hey, wear that rag on your head when you come out. So we're, I mean, there have been jokes made about that, about what they told them to come out there and wear certain things. But in all honesty, those individuals apparently didn't know that they were going to be on stage with Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Mick Dumkey, my husband, pointed out, too, is that um, they, you know, there were there were signs on the White House lawn. Correct. So that's like against the against the law or the rules. And then no military personnel are supposed to be part of any sort of politicking as well. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And, and there was military uh, yeah, well, yeah. in in the White House during the naturalization ceremony, or when they when they had that ceremony with um, all those POWs or people who had been kidnapped in mostly Muslim countries. I think they had they yeah. had some sort of ceremony there or some sort of discussion with Donald Trump there. So th- I saw one guy with a mask yesterday in the audience when Donald Trump was speaking, but his mask was below; it wasn't covering his nose. No, what, what a joke. It's like, so he's mocking it right there and then. Oh, no, there's it, uh, just so the world knows, Ramana Hussein's uh, husband, my dear friend, Mick Dumkey, uh, is one of those really um, he, like transparency is really important and playing by the rules is really important to him. Uh, that's sort of mixed credo. So much of the investigative journalism he does is exposing how people aren't following the rules. And so, yes, he would be outraged by the violation of the Hatch Act, which is a, a law passed by Congress in the 30s to prohibit uh the politicization of governmental jobs and Donald Trump's people are so cynical. They go, we don't, nobody cares about the Hatch Act except for Mick Dumkey. Well, they didn't literally say Mick Dumkey, but they meant guys like me. So we're just going to violate it anyway. Exactly. And, 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 you know, the, these are the same people that would be saying the same thing if Barack Obama was, was uh, doing, pulling the same stunt. And one of the things that one of our, um, uh, one of our one of my coworkers tweeted yesterday was also interesting that this is the party that always criticizes athletes for speaking out. Yes. But it was interesting how they had all they had all these athletes talking about politicians. Yeah, I mean talking about political, you know, views that they had. Because usually they're telling athletes when they don't agree with them, like the Colin Kaepernick's of, you know, sports, like just shut up and play. But they had Lou Holtz, um, and all you know, a, a we talked about Herschel Walker. They were out there talking about their political yeah. views, so that made no sense. It's 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 just crazy. Uh, more hypocrisy, and then let's not forget Mike Pompey in Jerusalem. Uh, Lynn Sweet wrote a very good story in the Sun Times. Got to give her uh, credit to Lynn Sweet, a column in the Sun Times, talking about how that was uh, not 
as much of a, a tip of the hat to uh, Jewish Americans as it was uh, to the evangelical base, which is really fixated with Jerusalem being the uh, capital of uh, Israel, a very contentious issue in the Middle East, as you know, Romana. Of and course. so Pompey's like, yeah, I'll fly to Israel, give a speech in Jerusalem to to win over right-wing Jewish Americans and evangelicals, utter madness. The Secretary of State should not be giving speeches, political speeches at conventions. Should not. Just and country and Israel uh, Netanyahu was allowing his country to be used uh, to prop up Donald Trump uh, to try to win over right-wing Jews and uh, evangelicals. So yeah, more hypocrisy from the Republican Party on that front as well. All right, right, let me ask you, um, I I said I was going to ask you about this, and I want to get your thoughts about this. This is my sort of rant, pet pet peeve from the other day after Women's Day at the uh, Republican convention when Melania spoke. I got this thing about how spouses are used, and and you pointed out right away, Ben, it's mostly... The, uh, the wives yeah. are you by their husbands to win over women voters. How insulting, Ramana Hussein, how insulting to women voters to think that their vote is going to hinge on Melania, who doesn't even like Trump. If she was going to be honest, she doesn't even like the guy. She doesn't want to hold his hand. I mean, we've seen countless videos of that. Yeah, as I was ta- talking to you before, I feel like in politics, Women, um, this, you know, female spouses of, you know, straight males are usually treated like purses or accessories. You know, they're kind of there on the side, um, you know, adding to their outfit, I guess I want to say. It's kind of, it's metaphorically. And we don't see that happening with female candidates. Um, I don't see Nikki Haley's husband being trotted out. I haven't seen Kamala Harris's husband being trotted out you know i mean he probably is but i don't even know you know what i'm saying that i i don't even know what he looks like you know what i mean if I, if someone showed me a picture of him i would not know who it is but with female candidates they're treated like they're accessories and they're kind of they're kind of expected to do certain things and smile and stand next to their husbands i mean we we've seen this over and over again whenever there's a politician accused of cheating on their wives they're uh they have a news conference and their wife is standing there <laughs> gritting her teeth and supporting him. So, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think I think it is insulting for people to think that women are just going to be swayed because the wife is speaking in support of her husband. Um, I don't know. There might be some Trump supporters who get swayed by Melania, but I would think that anybody who's going to vote for Trump, any female that was going to vote for Trump, I don't think Melania would be, you know, the the basically the final voice in that decision so i um i i as i told you i didn't see the speech i know you told me that you pointed out uh that she had um on her military you know inspired dress and i did say that there is military chic in the fashion world so i didn't find that dress that different well i gotta say this boy did romana bring me down to earth and (laughs) you know like romana you gotta understand Romana is is really in the fashion, okay? She, you know, follows these things, makes a point of looking really outstanding wherever she goes. I'm a total schlump. So here I am, little uh, Romana, you know, this weird dress she was wearing. And Romana's like, bad, hello. That's like a...
thing out there. I'm like, huh? What? I didn't yeah, know. Um, there's a thing um, called military chic. And, you know, there, yeah. there's even some, like, dresses that are camouflage. I wouldn't wear that, but I do. The dress that Melania had, I don't have something exactly like that. But, you know, women have, like, these jackets that are, like, army green. Um, I have a dress that looks similar to what Melania was wearing. So that is military chic. That is something that's uh, that's in the fashion world. I'll send you a link to different uh, <laughs> outfits on the runways. But, yeah, that's been out for, like, about, I, I, you know, the first time that really came out, like, for me at least, that I noticed was, like, about 10 years ago. So, you know, fashion kind of recycles itself. So that's kind of an updated version. But I'm thinking, you know, you do have a good point. I mean, military, uh, you know, the outfit that I have is, from, is 10 years old. But I'm sure that, you know, the RNC or even the Republicans did see is that something like, you know, hey, you know, we got to point out that we're strong on military and she's got to wear something like that. So I'm sure it's all, it's all strategical. Um, all strategic. And, and hey, listen, I know that the Trumps aren't the first one to drag the first lady out. Michelle Obama gave speeches for Barack Obama. Of course. Uh, I, I believe uh, Laura Bush gave speeches for George Bush. And of course, Hillary Clinton gave speeches for Bill Clinton. Kitty Dukakis, I'm going back in time, gave speeches for Michael Dukakis. And I, I understand that what's going on. I personally find it offensive. Uh, and I feel, Romana, that there's so much stuff that goes on in a family that is a personal thing that happens in a family. When they come out with this pretense that all is wonderful and beautiful, and I just love my husband so much. He just walked. Man, come on. <laughs> no, no one thinks that way. And particularly in this case, Melania cannot stand Donald Trump. All the word was that after he got elected, Ramana, she was having her lawyers try to, if you leverage it, to renegotiating the prenup. So now she's up there trying to tell us something that she clearly doesn't believe herself. And Hillary... How could she sing the praises of Bill Clinton? One of the biggest dogs that, you know, so like, come on, you're insulting our intelligence. I know, uh, I know. But you know what? It's not, I think, you know, yesterday you listened to the RNC. There was a lot of fact checking going on afterwards. So it's like, I, you know, there are some people who aren't really that intelligent. So they, they would get suckered into thinking something like that but yeah i i agree with you on the trotting out of the wives like i don't think i would do that if i i first of all i don't think i would want mick to run for anything um, <laughs> second of all i i, I second of all, when i told when i got married to mick i did tell him i'm like so you're marrying into a muslim family i think you're if you ever wanted to run for politics i think it's over <laughs> and so um and then you know i don't think i would be one to like stand next to him all the time no i don't think so either i really uh i don't know I, I i hope there's some politician somewhere who just does away with that and i don't know if it's that person would be electable you know what i mean so if someone says you know what my family is my personal thing it has nothing to do with how i run an office my my husband or my wife they they do their thing, you know, and so I'm not schlepping them up here so everybody could see the kid. I'm not bringing my kids up here. You know, I hate when they do that. Then you put the kid like, smile, Junior. 
I, you know what? The only thing I liked about Sarah Palin was you knew that family was dysfunctional. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> and they brought them up anyway, you know? Well, speaking of dysfunctional, um, did you hear about what happened with, uh, God, why am I forgetting her name? Blinking out her name. Uh, Kellyanne Conway. Did you hear about, uh, did you hear so- about how she was leaving, you know, Donald Trump's uh cabinet right or wherever her position she was advisor yeah yeah and her husband is leaving the lincoln project but did you see his did you see their daughter's tweets yes we we've i've talked i don't know if i've ever had that conversation with you on the show but uh, i've talked briefly about the daughter and her tiktok stuff and uh yeah that okay there that family that's dysfunctional if you want that she wants to be she's 15 years old and she wants to be emancipated. And she had also asked for um, AOC to adopt her. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I missed. yeah. I, these tweets all came out um, when Kellyanne Conway announced that she would be stepping down. And uh, I think the young with the young woman started tweeting about her parents and how abusive they are physically and mentally. And she said she wanted to be emancipated and. You know, she really hates Donald Trump and is embarrassed that her mom is like, you know, speaking at the convention. She just had she just had a she had a tweet storm. She was trending for a while. Well, I missed all that. I was on vacation, so I, I missed all its latest. And thank you for updating me. Uh, listen, um, I'll share with you. Yeah, yeah I don't know why Kellyanne Conway uh, felt compelled to speak at that uh, uh, that convention. You know, she says she's stepping down again. This gets in the family. She says she's stepping down for the good of her family. I could see that and I can respect that. So why would you aggravate things by then speaking at the event? You want it both ways. Is your love and dedication to Donald Trump so strong that, well, it's one last overture I'm going to do to Donald Trump as you're trying to keep your family together. I don't get it, Ramana. It's either keeping the family together or. You're in love with Donald Trump. You got this strange addiction to Donald Trump, which I think is really weird, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there, Ramana. Okay. <laughs> I Anybody don't who's either. I don't get I don't get all the women that were have been with Donald Trump, but except for the money, so uh, yes, except for the money. And I don't and, get the appeal either. So and and you know what? I just want to say, Melania, well played if it's true. <laughs> that you use your lawyers to let well played. And by the way, you send out those signals every now and then about how much you cannot stand the man. You do every now and then. You know that little look she has, like, oh God. And she hates the kid. She hates Ivanka. You know that. Oh yeah. So- there was the, there's a there's a little video clip of Ivanka walking by her from yesterday and you have to look at Melania's face. I'll find I'll find that clip and I'll send it to you. I, I, I actually saw that one. So listen, I, all the Republicans will be hearing this. This is oh, you're just really trivializing our important politics. Like they didn't do that to Obama. I'm just saying, man, you're a freak show, Republican Party. And this little pre- pretense that you're all normal and you like each other. Uh, freak show time. Uh, all right. Now let's uh, transfer gears a little bit and um, talk about what's on the back page of my beloved bright one. Home delivered every day. I might add Chicago sometimes uh, mixed messages. Brian Urlacher, former linebacker for the Chicago bears has lost his freaking mind. In my humble opinion, uh, he uh, felt compelled to jump into uh, the uh, shooting of uh, Jacob Blake in Kenosha by denigrating Jacob Blake. 
and um, which was completely unnecessary and unwarranted. And then apparently also uh, liked on Instagram or Facebook uh, a message that, which I believe will be the next message that the the Republican Party would put out, uh, turning Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old from Antioch who killed two people, uh, into a hero. Ramana, I'm not quite sure what to say about Brian Urlacher. <laughs> Help me out with this. Well, I I really, I'm not, I can tell you I'm not a huge football fan and I really don't follow the NFL, but I do know who Brian Urlacher is and I did cover his paternity case. Um, so I do, I am familiar with who he is and how big of a deal he is. Um, yeah, so I, I saw that Brian Urlacher was trending yesterday and a lot of younger um, younger kids who, you know, looked up to him as, you know, when they were really young, um, said, oh, I can't believe my hero is like supporting this 17 year old kid who was accused of shooting um, three protesters, two of them dying. And the tweet and then I saw Brett Favre was tweeting and I actually do know who Brett Favre is, too. Um, I know he played for the Packers and basically um, Brian Urlacher said that uh, Brett Favre was a hero because he played the day that his dad had passed away. Meanwhile, he's like criticizing all the athletes. Uh, I don't know if he was criticizing specifically the NBA or um, like any other athlete that just basically decided to boycott in, um, well, not boycott, to strike, mm-hmm. you know, as a result of what happened in Kenosha earlier this week. Um, and so, yeah, so there's just been, and then, you know, he did, he did like this tweet of uh, the Antioch teenager that basically said free, um, you know, Rittenhouse. Um, and so um, there was, I don't know, I, I, I just think it's interesting. I, I find it interesting that no Republicans are just telling him to be quiet and just play sports. I mean, even though he's retired or whatever. And Brian Urlacher, I don't know if you notice, like if I go to the Western suburbs, there's like billboards of him like every five minutes because he does that for the hair plugs. Yeah. And it says hair locker. So that's that's the only thing I can think of right now of him because I I know he hasn't been playing for a while. Well, I have a theory, which I'm going to trot out, and I'm testing this on you and get your theory on this one. So Brian Urlacher, when he was in the Chicago Bears, he's a white man. Uh, and he played on a defense that was predominantly black. So he's in a culture heavily influenced by black people. And he was popular with his teammates, very popular with his black teammates. Uh, I think he was a captain. There was a coach of the Bears. Lovey Smith was black, black man at the time. And Brian Urlacher, when he went into the Hall of Fame, thanked him. I think what happens, Ramana, when white people leave a room where there's black people and they just go hang around with white people and listen to Donald Trump, they lose their freaking minds. (laughs) And they say stupid stuff that they probably wouldn't say if there were black people around. And I feel as though Donald Trump is encouraging that with all this. I'm just telling you what's on my mind. Yeah, it's a bunch of racist BS that... Anybody else would get in big time trouble for saying, but you're, you get away with it. So other people think they could do it. That's my theory. What do you think about that? I think you have, you're onto something. I just think he's emboldened people to say things that they wanted to say for a long time. And now they feel like they can say it. And they, and I don't know, with Trump, they kind of, his, him and his family trying to chalk it up as like, oh, you know, 
he tells it like it is and he's not a politician. And so, you know, everybody finds that refreshing. I heard a couple of references to that yesterday in Ivanka's speech. She's like, you know, my dad, you know, he's he just says it. He just puts it all out there. He's rough around the edges. I mean, those are just basically cold words where like, yeah, he's okay with saying like, you know, on PC and, you know, maybe and racist things. So yeah, I, I think you have a point. But my question is like Erlocker like when he was playing with all these like, you know, other African American players, did he have friends? I mean, you follow the NFL more than I do, but do you ever feel like he had camaraderie with his uh, black, you know, with his he black seemed, he to. I mean, I, I, listen, I'm not in the locker room. I'm just looking at it from afar. Can't believe I still root for the Bears. I have such a struggle with the Bears so much. Uh, that that outfit has a lot of issues when it comes to race, but. Uh, it seemed like he got along with it, like uh, Lance Briggs, who was another linebacker, and Mike Brown, who was a safety. And he's always, like I said, he praised Lovey Smith. Uh, so it seemed like, he, we put it this way uh, in 10 years ago, the last guy I would have thought would say something so stupid would be Brian Erlocker. Uh, you know, I noticed, you know, his brother uh, was a Republican official from the northern suburbs. Yeah. Uh, Brian Erlacher posed with Trump. So, like I said, uh, Erlacher gave a testimonial to Eddie Verdoliak, the former uh, alderman who used to be a Democrat, then what became a conservative Republican. So, I mean, maybe he kept it all buried. Yeah. But all, I mean, yeah so. You know, a lot of people, you know, just because you have quote unquote black friends it doesn't mean that you're not don't aren't have these like feelings that could be border you know that could be racist or borderline racist Erlocker's child when I covered that paternity case he's uh his child is um the woman that he um had this child with was African-American and his child is part African-American so I don't know the logic would be that you would understand it but I know a lot of African-Americans say just because we have a black spouse or an african-american you know significant other doesn't mean that you can't be racist or yeah. don't think a certain way so you know it it's just i don't know it's interesting and i just find it interesting too about how erlocker can say stuff like that and and the the right just stays quiet but if it was colin kaepernick oh saying something that they that they didn't that the right didn't believe in it would be all about um you know how he hates America. And that was another thing. That was another um, theme I picked up on. And the RNC was um, Democrats hate the United States and blame the United States. Like they wanted people who think that America never does anything wrong to show that these Democrats, the Democrats, the other side just hates America. And, you know, which is not true. It's, you know, I think people confuse patriotism you know, with nationalism. And so patriotism, yeah. when you criticize, you allow, you should be criticizing your country and make it better. So it, 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 that was another theme that I picked up on. And there are All right, let's move uh, socialists. to... You and I both know that Biden's not a socialist or a Kamala Harris. Oh, my God. Listen. <laughs> we could go off well, on let, a tangent on that, too. Let, uh, before we move to uh, Ramana's recommendations, and I got one I really want to... Uh, recommend and I'm probably going to send you a book uh, like I did last time. Before we get to that, you give uh, how effective assignments. You? I keep giving Ramada homework. And Mick, <laughs> you didn't read that last book, Mick Dumpke. 
He's a bad student. I listen. Yeah. I follow directions and read. Yeah, McDumpkey, this next book, you better read this next book. Um, so how effective do you think it is? Uh, you know, like the, the overt appeals uh, to the fears that white people have, uh, trying to get people scared, trying to get people to think of Donald Trump as their protector. I think, uh, it, I think it works. I think for the people who are already scared, it just it just makes them feel better, you know, feel better. Like, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm here to protect you and make America great again. I mean, it's pretty much I mean, make America great again is like the biggest dog whistle to me. It's like make America white again. And like the 1950s where, you know, the whites are the only ones who have the say in anything or are in the center of everything. So I don't know. I think I think fear is um, I think it's a great tactic when you want to use it. And you just tell people, you know, all Donald Trump has to say is, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to protect the cities. And he said he's going to protect the suburbs. Um, you know, and they, they brought up, you know, the protests that have been going on. So I think I think it's an effective tool. I, you know, I don't. And then, you know, I do think Americans, for some reason, are very scared of socialism and communism. You just mentioned that and everybody freaks out. And uh, you just say that. I mean, even the Democrats do that, did that with Bernie Sanders, I thought. You yes. Know, like, all you have to do is say, oh, he's a socialist. And and then, you know, I was told that, oh, people don't like Bernie Sanders because he's a socialist. They're, Americans are never going to vote for a socialist. So all you got to do is say someone is socialist. They said that about Barack Obama. They didn't know whether he was a Muslim or a socialist. You know, it's like pick your <laughs> pick the pick the thing that scares people, you know. So he's neither. He's yeah, neither know, Barack Obama. And that's what was funny. It was just like if if people wanted to use like the Muslim thing, they would say he's Muslim uh, or they would say he was socialist. Right. So I just find that interesting that, you know, socialism is considered like such a bad word. And, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I understand that people have different political viewpoints, but it's OK to be Donald Trump. but You can't be a socialist. That makes sense. It's. It's, it's weird. Uh, all right. Now, recommendation time. I'm going to start with my recommendation. And I urge everybody out there uh, to read Isabel Wilkerson's new book, Cast, C-A-S-T-E. Uh, I always say that. Uh, Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. It is, uh, Romana, how do I put it? I just wrote a column about this for the reader. It is... It's so insightful. It, it's so eloquently written. Uh, it's almost as passionately written. She just lays out the case of how uh, our country is divided into separate castes based on the color of your skin. She compares the United States, the caste system uh, in the United States, to the caste system uh, in India, and mm -hmm. also... Uh, very disturbing, the caste system that the Nazis set up back in the 30s. And they came, this is so revealing, uh, Romana, Isabel Wilkerson shows how the Nazis, when they were setting up their caste system to isolate Jews from Aryans, in quotes, uh, studied the caste system in the South with the Jim Crow laws. They came to the United States, they reviewed and studied the United States to figure out how they should treat Jews. And really, so, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either until I read this book. It blew my mind. There's so many. There's so many revelations like that in this book. I cannot. This is the next book I'm going to send to Ramana and Mick and make them read. Cast the Origins of a Discontent by Isabel. Well, I'll definitely read it. You know, one of the things that's interesting is there was a group of people called the Aryans in India who came 
So that term was taken from the Nazis also. And there is a caste system, you know, there's different, you know, the color system is definitely in India too. There's colorism in India. That's all what I meant to say. And uh, the Aryans did come to India. They're the lighter skin. They're considered a lighter skin people. And if you go to different parts of India, the Aryans had a symbol, which is the Nazi symbol, but it's a different symbol. And it's kind of used as a pride thing for India. It's not a hate symbol, but that is a symbol of the Aryans. And the Nazis took that symbol and made it backwards. So, so I've seen, I've seen, like, I remember the first time I saw one of those symbols in India on the side of someone's house. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> you know, somebody explained it to me. So there were, there were a group of people called the Aryans that had come to India. And that created some of the colorism, it, you know, the, the problems of colorism kind of started from there in India. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so she spends quite a bit of time talking about the caste system in India, and the it's pretty insane over there, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so what recommendation do you have, uh, Romana? Well, I started, uh, Mick and I started watching Lovecraft Country um, mm-hmm. on HBO. It's, um, it's based, I think it's based in the 40s or 50s, but, you know, it is, that was also filmed in Chicago. I don't know if you knew that. Some parts were filmed in Chicago. The mm-hmm. main characters are all from Chicago. And um, it's also about racism and the, uh, there's a, the, the symbolism is that there, it's like a horror show. The, it's a, the white racists are monsters and there are monsters in the show. I don't know what to make of the show right now, but, you know, it got a lot of buzz and Jordan Peele exec, was an executive director on the show. So we just watched one episode. So I have to tell you more about it next week. But I did I did start watching The Shy third se- season. I had uh, not watched it for the last two seasons, uh, the last season, because um, I had gotten rid of HBO. But my sister accidentally got I mean, not HBO Showtime. So my sister accidentally clicked on Showtime. So we have it yeah. for a month. So she, told me to, she told me to hurry up and watch The Shy if I wanted too so i started to because i watched the other two seasons i'm not like a huge fan of the shy i mean i think parts sometimes it can be very after school especially but um it is it, it does i like the um the theme right now in the show uh one of the things the topics to touch upon on is missing black women and how black women who are abductive and black female victims are treated in general so i did like that part and lena waith kind of plays uh, a Lori Lightfoot kind of character. She's running for mayor in it. And they mentioned how, um, you know, she's running for mayor against an, another black guy. And uh, there's one character who said, like, oh, she's a black lesbian. They're like, the only people who are going to vote for her are the white liberals. So it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's I thought funny. that was pretty funny. So, but those are the two things. But I, I you have to watch, if you ever get it, if you ever want to use my HBO password or you have access to HBO plot against America was, is really, really good. Um, uh, is it David Simon who did the wire? David Simon. Yeah. Yeah. David he, Simon. Actually, he worked on the store, a store um, show with Ed Burns along with Ed Burns. And it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I am definitely going to watch that. And I don't let anyone know that I am going to use a Romana's HBO <laughs> password. Don't let anyone know that. Although I think half of California is uh, using my Netflix account. So uh, it's, you know, that's just how it works in this business. But I'm definitely going to watch that. I'm a big fan of Philip Roth. I read the book and I've been meaning um, uh, to watch it. So I think you and your wife would really enjoy it. Uh, all right. Very good. Ramana, I, I know you got to get to that sometimes meeting. Ramana Hussein, it's always a blast talking to you. Stay safe and sound. We'll talk to you next week. All right.
you guys do as well. Thanks. That's the great Ramon Hussein. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everyone.